another fifth day, another non-win for the Aussies, a frustrating week for the Aussie fans. Um, before we dive into that and other cricket that's going on, so I want to welcome my co-host Nash on this Saturday morning. Nash, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, another failure from Australia in, in the fourth session. Um, and that rhymes. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've been doing good. I've been doing good. A lot of cricket to follow, a lot of cricket to watch, a lot of cricket coming yeah. up. So excited, excited to talk about it. I'm doing pretty good too. Got a coffee in my hand, chatting cricket with you on a Saturday morning. Can't go wrong. I would be better though if had Australia got that win. Um, lots of talk in the follow-up of the test on the follow-on, whether Australia should have taken that. Um I don't think it made a huge difference in the end, um, even though I did say at the time that I would have liked to see Australia enforce the follow-on. I, I did tweet that, but, you know, with a lead of over 400, but we still had 172 overs to bowl Pakistan out. And we were, you know, we had over 500 runs on the board. 9.5 times out of 10, the team who's bowling is going to win in that situation. Um, I think before we delve into maybe what we want for Australia, um, what were your thoughts on Australia's decision to maybe bat again? And then, um, you know. look, I think to some extent, I, I ag- agreed with, with the decision of not following on. Um, the reason I say that is the reason I say that is because there was still a lot of time left in the test match. Um, the worst case scenario from Australia's point of view was like, with exactly what happened in the fourth innings could have happened in the third innings itself. Um, they could have batted out, you know, for a long time. And that would have meant Australian bowlers and, you know, even the batters in the field for a longer, longer time than they were. Um, batting in the third innings just gave Australian bowlers a chance to sort of, you know, reset and, you know, have a, have a rest. Um, Worked out well. <laughs> well, that, that's that's. I don't I know what you mean. I know what you yeah, mean. I know what yeah, you mean. And look, you know, say say Pakistan batted that way in the third innings. You're right. Australia would have had to bat last as well. Yeah, exactly. And who knows? Who knows what would have happened there? Exactly. But I think on the board, it is what it is. Yeah, and I think my question to you is, what's what's happened in the fourth innings over the last couple of years? Australia's um, Australia's inability to sort of penetrate the opposition in the fourth innings. And this is a, probably the fifth time now, isn't it? It um, is the fifth time since yeah, the test. Exactly. It happened twice in Sydney for India and England. Happened in Gabba. Um, happened in Headingley as well. Um, so, and happened here. So, w- what's happening there? W- is, it, is it just the mindset? Is it, or is, it, is there something larger at play? I think maybe the form of Nathan Lyon in the fourth inning. You know, he took four wickets in this test, but you know, at one point he had uh, nine wickets in uh, a thousand deliveries. His last yeah. thousand deliveries in the fourth innings uh, before he took those wickets. So his um, his form that's a challenge for Australia. Yeah, that's a challenge for Australia. Uh, Swepson on debut. It's a tough debut, tough place, tough situation to make your debut. But I thought maybe the lack of variation from the spinners. Um, I know Lyon has never had the big variations, but there was always an opportunity, maybe try a delivery with a bit more side spin or change the way yeah. you release the ball. I think Swepson as well, he has some wonderful shape on his leg spinner. And he, um, 
bowled well in stages. So he would put two or three good deliveries together and then release the pressure with a loose ball. Yeah. yeah. And there wasn't enough variation in his bowling in the sense that I didn't, I really saw, I think I only saw one wrong and from him that I can remember in the fourth innings. Um, there's always opportunity there to, to mix it up with a bit of a slider. Just try things a little differently there. I think the spinners, it was too much same, same. Um, and I, I think that's to do with, that's a lot to do with confidence as well. Um, yeah, possibly. I mean, look, you've still got 500 on the board and 170 over, so you've got room to, to, to try things. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not as if you've only got 250 to defend and, you know, yep. you, you've got to be on the money every single delivery. It's like you've got 500 on the board, 170 overs. And I think as well in this test, the ball didn't reverse for us in that second innings as much as it did in the first. Yep. Um, yep. And, and both, both new balls, it just didn't happen. So, and I think we had the same issue in those other test matches that you mentioned where we just couldn't get the ball talking enough in the fourth innings, spin and pace to win the games. Yep. And I think honestly, the second innings from Pakistan, I mean, sorry, the first innings from Pakistan, the low score, the 140 odd was just bizarre. Uh, that's Pakistan and, in a nutshell, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Like, that's typical it's two Pakistan. Extremes. Yep, it's two absolutely. Extremes, like. Absolutely. And and that was never going to I don't think that was going to happen in the in the second innings. I always felt that that was just one off and they would ob- always bat yeah. better in the second innings. Spirit um, thought for Steve Smith, they they we had him two down for nothing again, and then Steve Smith drops a catch that would have had him yeah. three down for very well, little. To be honest, I think that, Australia that have dropped a, big, a lot of catches. That was a big, big drop in there. And they ended yep. up batting, what, nearly, what, how many overs after that? Yeah. You know, it's insane. Like 87 yep. or 90 overs or whatever they batted, Baba and Abdullah Shafiq, and took a massive chunk out of the game and took a lot of energy out of the Aussie bowlers too. So, And and well well done to the batters. Well done to Azim, um, 100%. Rizwan and Shafiq. All class. Yep. Baba in particular was all class. He changed the momentum of the game. Absolutely. Um, and got Pakistan well and truly in it. And the, the highest fourth inning score ever by a captain in test history. That's absolutely remarkable. Absolutely. You've got to Nothing. Give credit to Pakistan as well. Yeah. Exactly. Nothing. Ta- we are not taking away anything from them. Um, but it has a lot, a lot has been said about Australia's um, fourth innings shenanigans. What, what, do you, what do you make Australia's fourth inning struggles? Look, look, I think I'll say the same thing as I said in the first test with Lyon and Swepson, sorry, mainly Lyon. Um, his sort of, even then, after the second new ball, it's fine if you bowl a bit quicker. But during that period when nothing's happening and, you know, you're not getting that much help, you have to sort of try new things. Like you said, you have to sort of try, you know, something new even with though, the ball. I agree with you in the sense of the variation. The variations. So he landed the ball beautifully, I think, outside off stump, but it was it was almost at the same pace all the time. Yeah. There was, there was also an opportunity as well to try, because you're bringing the batsman outside off stump when you're bowling outside that line, what you do after a few overs, you, you brought him across, just fire in a quicker one at the stumps. Because yep. you've got him thinking, I'm going across. So maybe think about blowing off that front pad or bowling him around his legs. And maybe get a leg slip in for that. If he plays it, he can get a catch at leg slip. So it's just trying those different things because 
on a pitch like that, you needed a bit of variation. In your Absolutely. Bowling, it was still a Absolutely. very good pitch for batting. And, and, and you have to, as you said perfectly, you have to vary your pace as well, your flight, because in, in these sort of conditions, you have to almost earn your wicket. You have to buy your you know, wicket. They're not just going to throw away their wickets because this is, these are good batting conditions. Um, it's, it's, and and to, sometimes I also feel like Nathan Lyon just tries too much um, to bring in his Australian kind of bowling. Um, what I mean by that is in Australia, if you, if, if you, yeah, yeah in, in Australia, if you bowl that off stump line, you can get away with it with not too much spin. Um, the ball doesn't stray too much down the leg side. Um, the batsmen still have to, you know, uh, maneuver the ball. Whereas in these conditions, and even when they go to Sri Lanka and India later on, you have to almost sort of start from that sixth stump line, if 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 that if that makes sense. Um, you know, I and think he did then, that well. I think he did that well. He he I did that he well in, a good line in this test. He did that well in patches but he has to be consistently there and then try to figure out even if he goes yeah. around the wicket and, you know, try to then figure out that firstly, get that line squared mm. away and then sort of, you know, work on his variations. I watched a lot of that fourth innings. I reckon he was pretty good in that terms of that line. He hit that line spinning in towards the stumps quite often, but what he relies on uh, Nathan line is the bounce. So he relies on the ball um, kicking up, getting that overspin, getting that bounce and bringing the fielders close in the wicket um, into play. And it happened that he did catch the inside edge a few times in the glove, but it wasn't carrying because it was yep. a very low, slow wicket. Yeah. So in that situation, it's almost like, how can I change my pace? How can I vary my line a couple of times just to keep the batsman honest? And then also, how can I bowl a change up a delivery where I can get a bit more side spin on the ball and mix it up a little bit? Yep. Same with Swepson in a way. I don't think Swepson bowled absolutely terribly. There was some good patches there, but it was consistency and variation that was the issue. Yeah, And of course, the lack of reverse swing for the Australian seamers, that really contributed to not being able to take the wickets. And now you just leave that test and I'm thinking that's such a missed opportunity. Completely dominated the match. I said in the first innings, can you declare earlier so we can get time to take 20 wickets? We had enough time in the end. I feel 170 overs, as I mentioned. That was a lot of time. Couldn't get the job done. That hurts. That's yep. got to hurt. Now there's a test match coming up in a couple of days again, and I, I fear about our chances in that one. So. Moving on to the third test, Jabel. Um, Shit. <laughs> what do you expect? What do you expect from both teams here? I expect Pakistan to be very fired up for it. I think that they'll be very... Definitely leave uh, Karachi the happier team. Australia have got some mental scars now. So, you know, we, we dominated that test match, couldn't win it. How can we get ourselves up for Lahore now and, uh, you know, win that one? Um, yeah. I, I'm interested to see what the conditions are like. Uh, if they have good batting conditions again, I think it's very important we bat first mm. and then play from in front again. Yeah, it's, it's a mental thing for Australia now. Um, yep. It'll be interesting to see what the makeup of our attack is. I don't think they'll pick Swepson, um, even though I'd be tempted to play him again and give him a chance. Probably pick Agar um, and possibly try fitting Hazelwood there somewhere. But yep. and, and what are your uh, thoughts? I mean, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it, it, it will absolutely be tough. And um, yeah, as you said, I think the, you know, the Pakistani team will be absolutely fired up and they'll be raring to go and... Because Australia team are are wounded, 
um they are damaged to a certain extent but mm-hmm. how they come back from that i think this is the best test that cummins cummins's captaincy will have um these oh, sort definitely. of the I, next i said it i said it i said it last year i said you, you put cummins in the role you're not only thinking about those ashes yeah in the end, it was it was barely a test for him for any of the Australian yep. players. It was an easy series in the end. Absolutely, I was looking at the Asian series. Absolutely, you play in Pakistan, Sri Lanka, India. That's where you're going to be tested as a captain who's also a fast bowler. So, how Cummins responds and how Cummins keeps his team up because he'll be he looked buggered after that test match. Yep, because he, he looked a forlorn figure. He now can't how you go. Get, how, exactly, how are you going to pick your players up? Yep. For the next test, and, and then keep and make sure your game is in good shape as well. So that's exactly because he can't now go that oh, I need a rest. Australian team management can't go. I need a rest, mm. and you know, give him rest because he's literally the captain. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what how. And of his... course, it's um, of course it's the deciding test. So you can't exactly best bowler, best exactly. Bowler so test, it'll so. be interesting to see how his mm. load is managed. Um, 100%. But. A, a lot has been said, and this sort of is a perfect segue to our next discussion topic as well, which is the test in Bridgetown. But a lot has been said in the in the in in this Australia Pakistan test series about the pitches, and we have sort yes. of seen the same pitches in Bridgetown in West Indies as well, um, in England yeah. and West Indies. Put out a tweet this morning. I'm like, look, there's been some good batting in recent times, but what's with the flat wickets in test cricket now? Like. You know, we all I ask for, I don't ask for a pitch that you see, you know, the match over in two or three days. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking for balance. I'm asking for something for everyone. But here's a question. Here's a question. Would you have a, a, a pitch like this? Or would you have a pitch like in India? I'd have a balance. You know, like pitch curators and all that, they're very knowledgeable these days. There's this very advanced we just need a balance between bat and ball in, in, in test cricket. That's the most important thing. There you get the best test matches when you've got a good pitch. But isn't that balance yeah. as well? It, providing a spin wicket, you still have to have the ability. Which spin wicket? The yeah. Karachi one? No, 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 no. I'm saying pitches like in India, you have the Bangalore, oh, yeah, Bangalore yeah. test match, or you have to you go back to the Ahmedabad test match against England. You still need mm. ability to play those. Oh, look, no doubt about it. You have to be a good at spin bowling, at playing spin bowling. You remember England in that series, how many straight deliveries they got to, yep. got out to. So, look, I understand a spinning wicket is fine. And, um, and you can't even me, argue that, all I'm saying is you can't even then argue that Sri Lanka has any, can give any real reason as to they can't no, play spin because yeah, they the literally make the worst agree. pitches. They, they, no, they make a lot of spinning wickets as well, 100% agree. But... What I'm saying is the best test matches, the most enthralling test matches, they're the ones that, that have balance between bat and ball. They've got something for the seamers, uh, but the, the batsmen, if you if you apply yourself, can get runs and the spinners are in the game too. But flat wickets where you look at... Australia were only in that test match because the ball reversed in the first innings. Exactly. Yep. In my opinion, they took the pitch out of the equation. Uh, and look, this one in Bridgetown, when England are scoring 500, that's... that's uh, a sign that the pitch is quite good for batting when England are scoring over 500, you know, credit to Root and Stokes and co, but I just want to see, I just want to see balance. It's very important. We've got good test match wickets 
because that's going to be crucial to the survival of the of the longest form of the game. Absolutely. And talking about the England West Indies series, how good is Joe Root firstly? And then he's a great player. And you look at yep. Virat Kohli and, and Steve Smith struggling to convert half centuries. And now you got Joe Root, who was in that position a few years ago, smashing hundreds. And, and, and he's, look, he's I think class. I, 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 I don't like, to be honest, I never got Twitter completely, but, but um, uh, yes, Joe Root is, a, is one of the great you know, test match batters. I, I sometimes, mm-hmm. or when I go on Twitter, I absolutely don't agree with a lot of opinions there. Um, but it, it's just that these are the players: Bar- Barbarazim, you know, Virat Kohli, Steve Smith, Kane Williamson. They are, they are, and and Joe. These five are, are, I I feel personally are on the same level. They are the greats, and you can't argue that. You never, I never argued who was better, who Sachin was better, or Ricky Ponting was better, or Brian Laurel. But it was, I just loved watching just them. Just appreciate, just appreciate exactly. them all. Yeah. And that's what we don't do nowadays. Is just watch, just watch them in their in their element and what they do best, because soon there'll be a time where we won't be able to watch them. Obviously, because 100%. they don't, they Any all exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a, what an innings from Joe Root again! Another hundred and fifteen. He's, he's got seventy eight fifty plus scores in one hundred and sixteen tests. That's remarkable. You know, when I was talking. You know, when we were talking about like he was struggling to convert. He was always still scoring runs though. Like in in that Ashes series in two thousand and seventeen eighteen, he couldn't get a hundred, but he scored five fifties in the in the series. Obviously, you want to convert. That's what makes yep. a great player. Now he's doing that, but he's, he's, he's been very consistent player for a long time and he's on the way to 10,000 runs very close now. And you reckon he can get to Sachin or is maybe a bridge too far? Do you mean in test matches? In terms of test runs. Um, well, I think it, it, it all depends on how obviously England play a lot of test matches. So it, it is quite likely. It is quite likely, but to keep that sort of consistency, what Sachin did over 24 years is, is a massive deal. If he does that, all credit to Joe Root. Um, I mean, he still has, what, 5,000 runs to go, if I'm correct? Um, yeah, just over 5,000 runs. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's still... Last you know, year, he hit nearly 2,000 in a year. Exactly. Um, so if he can maintain that, that strong consistency, strong performance... You never, he's, he's 31. Yep. And, um, you know, you look at, you know, they can go to mid thirties at least. And, and absolutely. And uh, we've always said on this podcast that a, a cricketer's career is never a straight line going upwards. It's always up and down, it's up not. and down, up and down. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, so you, you, you have to absolutely enjoy what he's doing right now. And even he has to enjoy what he's doing and not sort of think of what's happening in five years down the line. So, um, but yeah, yeah that's true. he, he could, he could absolutely be one of, he is already one of the greats. And, you know, if he has the year that he had last year, I think, I think we are in for, we are in for, you know, some good time in test match. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he averages over 50 everywhere except in Oceania. So Australia and New Zealand, but in, in, in Asia, 52, Europe, 52, in the Americas, in the West Indies, 62, in Africa, 50. So wonderful player, wonderful player. And yeah, look, if he continues to show that consistency, anything is possible with Joe Root. 
in terms of this test match, it's it, you know, brilliant stuff from um, from Brathwaite and Blackwood in terms of fighting back for the Windies, but all signs are pointing to a draw, aren't they? Yep. It's all already day three done. Um, two days to go unless England have another England, you know, England do another England thing um, and have a collapse in the in the second innings. I don't, I don't see mm. this test going anywhere and I think it, this will be another draw. I've got a question for you before we move on. So England, have, they didn't pick Anderson and Broad looking for the future. Why have they picked Chris Wokes, who has a terrible overseas record and it's not getting any better? Well, honestly, let me know the answer when you find one. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> we all know, we all know, even England fans know, even Chris Wokes, Joe Root would know what Chris Wokes is like overseas. He's not that same Chris Wokes as he's in England. And, and it's... Averages, I, just, just to paint a picture, 22 he averages at home. 55 away. There you go. Like 25 test matches at home, 19 test matches away, including this one. 55 in 19 tests. Tough, tough going. And I've heard a lot of good things about Matt Fisher as well and Saki Bolwell as well. So Matt Fisher looks good. Yep. And 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 they exact they they have fast bowling. Let's not kid ourselves. They have fast bowling resources in England. Um they have good fastballers to pick from. So give Chris Wokes a rest as well. I just thought, look, if you're going to leave out two of your greatest, right, and you're thinking go to the future, then actually look to the future. You know, Chris Wokes is a good bowler at home and he's been a very good bowler for England in Whitehall cricket as well. But his test record away from home, what's the point? What's the point of picking him away from home? If you're thinking I'm gonna let I'm gonna drop Anderson and Broaden and then look at um looking for the future before well even Absolute. even for me the leg spinner why isn't Parkinson ever getting a chance? Oh, don't get me started. He's such an impressive bowler. Yeah, he's got all the attributes. I've been asking that since for for last one year. Uh, I I feel like- he should have given a go in in the India series itself at least one test. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. but did not happen even in the ashes. So I don't know what's happening there. Like for me, he's an attacking bowler who could give the ball a big rip. We've seen that the dream deliveries he's bowled in the county cricket. Jack Leach, he's an honest bowler. He does his job, but on these sort of pitches, it's hard work Absolutely. for a finger spinner. You need, you need 20 wickets. And, and that's it's not time for it. Yeah. Time for England to think about, how are we going to attack and take wickets and, and look long-term anyway? Yeah. And, and it's, it's all just one last thing on the, on the England West Indies series is about mm. the openers again. Um, you know, I don't, England have had a lot of trouble with their openers lately, for the, not yeah. lately, even for the last, whatever, however many years. Since Strauss retired, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. 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 That's a long time. Um, it's, it's, you know, spare a thought for Rory Burns. I mean, he worked hard in the in the Ashes, and he he did get fifties here and there. And then he go, you know, on the flattest of pitches, he's just watching others pile on runs, mm. and he's not there. I think, I think he's just a big stitch up, <laughs> to be honest. It's hard. I think he would have been pretty successful in this series. It's a good yeah. good wickets and and Crawley inconsistent still. 
He scored a good 100 in the last test, but he's still inconsistent. Alex Lease hasn't made an impression yet. So, yeah, you're right. It'd be, he'd be watching that a bit hurt. Yeah, Maybe as, as would Sibley, perhaps. Yep. Um, but, yeah, England's, England's opening is, is a real problem. They have to sort that out sooner rather than... And I looked at Alex Lease's first-class record when he made his debut in the last test. It's mid-30s. So they need players in first class banging the door down with, with averages, you know, in the 40s, touching 50. That's what we need to get back to. Yep. Even in Australia. Anyway. Moving on. Before we touch um, on a big yeah, before we touch on a big game in the Women's World Cup today, I'm thrilled for the mighty bangers. Big win last night against South Africa. Um, my man Shakib Al Hassan, man of the match. Um, I thought Taskin was outstanding too. I was watching that game last night, trying to put my kids to sleep, funnily enough. And when Bangladesh really were solid early on and didn't lose any wickets, I just had that feeling that they were in for a big day, and it's proven to be the case. They're sitting top of the Super League table and they're yep. still winning games. And South Africa, what are they, 10th? Crazy. Yeah, they're, yep, they're right at the bottom. Um, unbelievable. I think, I think South Africans might be getting a, getting a sort of a flashback of the South African football team trying to qualify for the World Cup. It's, it's <laughs> remarkable. Like, and, and South Africa have got quality in that side. Oh, they've, they've got, got big, team. big time, big time. I think, I think. You know, Rassi van der Dusen, his his consistency in the one day format he's, he's, for the for, for a few months now has been really incredible. Um, our, um, you know, it's that sort of the top order that's lacking. Um, and they did a great job against India as well. Let's yeah, not, let's I not, do, I do, I, know, yeah, they did, they, they swept India 3 0. Yep, and I do feel I'm worried. Look, Aiden Markham's got all the talent in the world, but he's not delivering, that's tough. Um, and I thought I thought South Africa bowled very poorly yesterday, particularly in the last twenty. That wicket was crying out for more deliveries into the pitch, take advantage of that variable bounce. But all we saw was a lot of deliveries in the slot. So there's there's things to work on for them. But they're sitting in tenth now with three wins, six losses, a couple of no results in the uh, in the um, in the eleven matches that they've played. But they've lost matches to Ireland now, Bangladesh at home. So they've got work to do. They've got a lot work of work to do. to do, I think. Um, and and looking at the table, I think, you know, what top ten directly qualified? If I'm correct, um, top top eight, top eight qualify, and then the bottom two spots are filled by qualifiers. I think that's um, my understanding. Yeah. yeah. So even Pakistan are sitting at number nine. New Zealand are sitting at twelve, but they haven't. You know, they have only played, they've only like, played three, three games. Yeah, three games, and they've, they've won um, all of them. So they'll, they'll they'll be up there. So all of a yeah. sudden. The West Indies, Pakistan, South Africa, got to get a move on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting to see because then Ireland might drop down as well. Um, That's right. So there's a few little narratives there, but Bangladesh at the top, 11 wins out of 16 matches with 110 points. That's they're playing some good cricket. They're playing yep. some good cricket. Good on them. Good on them. Good to see. Um, um, just on a side note, they won their first international in New Zealand in, earlier this year. Yeah. Now they're and now they're first in South Africa. So that's that's a good sign for them. On to the Women's World Cup. Um, some thrilling matches. Another one yesterday. Uh, Bangladesh falling just short. We had South Africa, New Zealand the day before. It's been some thrillers, hasn't there? Absolutely. I mean, I I, I missed yesterday's match, to be honest, because um, mm. I, was, I was following the score and um, I, while I was at work, I sort of checked, checked it again yeah. and 
I saw West Indies only score 140 and then thought, oh, this is, this is Bangladesh's game to lose. And um, I, I checked Heartbreak. afterwards and I, I was like, what, what the hell happened? Yeah. Couldn't handle the spin of the West Indies. Uh, Hayley Matthews for 15 and spin is playing a key role, I think, in this World Cup. Um, so talk to me about India's chances today against Australia. We don't know which India's going to turn up today. They are, they've been very inconsistent in this tournament. Um, Australia looking really good. Um, what are your look, thoughts? Look, honestly, I, I think, I hope, I hope India's top order turns up. Um, you know, apart from Mandana, no one has really sort of, even Mandana has been in, inconsistent for a here and there. Um, none of the batters have really scored consistently. I'm, I haven't really scored at a, at a, at at a good pace that's required for one day nowadays. Um, because let's be honest, if you, if you 250 for Australia is, is nothing, it's not a, it's not a one day sport. Mm, mm. You need to be in, you know, late two hundreds. You need to have score more than 280 to 90. Yeah. And you need to be more proactive. 100%. Exactly. India does have a good bowling attack um, to, you know, to defend that kind of score, but to defend 240, 250 on, on these sort of uh, pitches and, against these this sort of batting attack it's really going to be hard so india need to get their act together and score 280 plus um mm-hmm. that that should be the that should be the minimum that they need to score and if they score more than 300 that's that's going to be huge um from an australian point of view i think they're sitting pretty pretty well at the top of the table and you know i, I don't think they'll have any problems oh for sure and i've been really impressed like you know, there was doubts about, you know, Elise Perry, for example. She was struggling for form the last year since well, since that injury a couple of years ago in the World Cup where she tore her hamstring. But now she's finding her groove. Um, I just love this Australian team. There's so much quality right the way down. And um, we were in big trouble against New Zealand a couple of games ago. And then we recover. Ash Gardner hits 18 ball, 48. And then she takes wickets with the ball as well. It's just... The depth, they're so hard to beat because they, they play right down. They've got a lot of plays you can turn to, to, to turn it on pretty much and what are, the team to do well again today. Absolutely. And what I will say is if, if India lose today, um, that will mm. see them on four points, stay on four points. And tomorrow's game, which is New Zealand-England, um, massive. massive game. New Zealand is I, already I, on I'm four liking, points. I'm liking the look of England, actually. I think, I think they'll make a run and uh, possibly get into that top four? Uh, well, maybe. They, they still, they are sixth um, with, I think, five, three games to go, sorry. Um, yep. And they need, basically, they need to win all three. Um, to, tomorrow so is are, one of they, them. Who have they got left? So they've got New Zealand left. So they've got, I think, from what I rem- remember, they've got New, New Zealand, Zealand left, they've got Pakistan. Pakistan, and they've got Bangladesh, that's correct. That's, and then India. New Zealand? Yeah, they'll win their last three games. Exactly. India's got the next two. India's got Australia, Bangladesh, and South Africa, whereas New Zealand have got England tomorrow, Pakistan. Um, and I think that's it. They only have two left. Yes, this is interesting. If you know what, that game between New Zealand and England is going to decide a lot. Yeah, it's going to be huge because if if India win today, they take a big step too. So exactly, exactly. Games, that that would be games. a massive win for India because if England win tomorrow, we'll have three teams on four points, um, mm. vying for that number four spot. So 
let's see what happens. South Africa are doing really well as well. Four wins out of four, um, mm-hmm. sitting sitting handsomely at at the I know in the second spot based on net run rate. So with eight points, um, it'll be it's it's promising to be a really cracking World Cup. It is a well. It is a cracking World Cup. It's competitive and anything's possible in this race to the finals. Um, Australia for me look the by far and away the best side. Like they're going to be very hard to beat. But as to that, look, when someone says no one's going to beat them, almost like oh, don't say that because 2017, if you remember Harmon Precore, yep, hit us to all parts. It can happen in a knockout. You have yeah. someone on the opposition team has a day out, anything can happen. So, but you you would you would want to have if that was to happen, you would want to happen. Um, you would want it to happen in group stage, and not correct. In a so w- that's right. So in a knockout, anything's possible. And you know, you have a bad yeah. day, or someone else has a blinder, you're out. So that's why this World Cup is very interesting. Um, if just last, if you had to predict your final four, uh, who do you think is gonna? Who do you think is gonna be? Um, look, I'll go Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, and India. Oh, uh, West Indies bowing out. Uh, I would go Australia, South Africa, West Indies, and India. Oh, this is interesting, isn't because, it? Because uh, the, the way I look at it, because you know, as you rightly said, England are going to get, you know go for it now, and New Zealand. If oh. New Zealand lose tomorrow's game. You know they have the last game is against Pakistan, I think, for them, and that is that is another must win. But and they they will win that, I think. They will end up on six What's points. The whereas... issue for New Zealand is their net run rate. They're, exactly. Uh, negative point two one six. Yeah. England, despite winning one out of four games, a plus three five one. Yeah. That's a big factor. India have got a good net run rate, plus six three two. That's what's very, what's very what's your top four? I'm just looking at the fixtures. I'm trying to figure it out. I think I'm, look because West Indies they've got Pakistan next. I think they'll win that game. That'll put them on eight. I think it'll be enough for them to qualify. Yep. So I've got West Indies. I've got South Africa and Australia. There's one spot left. I'm, I'm looking. Uh, who do India have left? India have got Bangladesh. I think they'll win that. Australia. I don't think they'll win that. Oh man, this is tough. I like England. I do. <laughs> um, India Not going to happen. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Look, look. I'll back. I'll back India in because they're ahead at the moment. Um, they've got a couple of winnable, like a good winnable game there against uh, Bangladesh, and then I think they might beat South Africa in that last game potentially. If South Africa looking forward to the finals, so. Yeah. But it's close. It's hard to pick though, and that's that's the beauty of it. And there's a few good narratives there. That's that's what we want. That's what we want. Yeah. As, I think as it's fans. important for. I think it's important for India today if they don't win not to get a hammered yep. for net rate purposes. So try keep it as close as possible. That's going to be important too. Absolutely. All right. So plenty to look forward to with test matches, IPL next week, the Women's World Cup. Uh, plenty to talk about, chat about. Um, Nash, thanks for your time again. You're up again earlier this morning. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to all the listeners. We hope you enjoyed this episode and enjoy the cricket. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.